with another inflammatory edition of Inspire AD, where we will talk shit. We will examine the history of our inner workings. We will upset people. And I don't give a shit. Let's cover Star Wars uh, 2006 on this episode. Get away from me right now with this nonsense. Okay, so last last time... I hope there's at least one person that gets that reference. <sighs> yeah, the one person that listens to the show. Um, <laughs> um, you know what, man? Uh, I'm not going to just jump into the show. I, uh, we don't have many more opportunities left. We're down to the last several editions of this show. We still don't know exactly how many more episodes. We don't even know if we're going to go away entirely. If by some miracle we find some way to to keep going, of course we will. Um, but the the truth of the matter is that we are down to the last several cards of Inspire Pro. We may do a bonus edition about the death uh, match tournament that Biss uh, did with the folks down in heavy metal. It was kind of an Inspire Pro heavy metal co branded thing, I believe. Yeah, I'm working on I'm working on getting Dylan Dunbar for that. But, uh, oh man, I would love to have Dylan. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should be involved with that. I think that's something that Dylan needs to sit in on. Yeah, I'm. It's. Uh, I wasn't there for it, so. I want you involved just to to have you there, but. Um, I'll sit next to Dylan and, and poke him, <laughs> poke him in the, poke him in the hip with a fork. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know that, and also there's still like quite a few firesides that I really want to do. I really want to talk to to uh, Jay Sirius, who is actually uh, heavily involved in the conclusion of License to Death Wish Three, which will we will be focusing on the second half of that card. We did the la we did this the first half on the last show, but um, before we do that, uh, I wanted to see if we had any questions. These are you we, know last we have a ton of questions. Uh, some are going to be involved with um, with what we're going to talk about today, so I'm going to skip over those, but. Um, one particular one, um, they wanted to know, uh, what was behind the decision to vacate all the titles? Um, like I understand that there are un uncertain times and what will work, yada, yada, yada. Um, but was there, what was the decision besides vacating all the titles versus just vacating ones that may have been affected by the, someone being signed or someone being involved in the pandemic XYZ? Uh, they also chip in at the very end here that they... Let me make sure I actually read this one up. Um, can you agree with Max and me that San Antonio is trash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. San Antonio needs a good wrestling company. That's that's about <laughs> all I'm going to say. Um, I don't know if the fan base is there, yeah. but, you know... Heavy metals down there, man. No, that's true, actually. Fuck. Yeah. You don't think of them in San Antonio because they, they're so different. Phil, edit that shit out. No, uh, yeah, no, you know, when I think of San Antonio, I don't even yeah. think of heavy metal because I think of heavy metal in a wider sense, I yeah. guess. Yeah, well, they're not. They're not. And that's a good point. Yeah. Like, much, I would hope that, like, people aren't like, oh, Inspire, that's just Austin Company. I would hope they would. You know, yeah, yeah. That's a good company. That's a good company from that's, Texas. That, that's definitely how I perceive heavy metal. I perceive them to be kind of not just a San Antonio company. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, well, we always so, wait, see them up in Austin. So are they asking about how we recently just reset all the bet belts? Yes, yes okay. for, uh, for God Complex. and, and God, Long, Walk uh, Long Walk Home and God Complex, which... Hopefully soon coming coming to you via iPay-Per-View. Uh, we'll see. Um, 
to I, me, to me, the idea that someone would stand as a long reigning champion without the opportunity to defend the title makes no sense. And it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's 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 a falsity. It's like yeah. you you're not really you know you you have to have a title defended. I think I also think that just kind of coming back fresh, it's more exciting. I think it's sexier than just going, hey, we were on pause for two fucking years. <laughs> you know, I think coming back and recrowning things. You know, we've always had this. Um, a lot of the writing that surrounds the company, like a lot of the press, always kind of referred to cataclysms, cataclysmic events, rebirths. I've always been really into that theme, and I think that you know, coming back, we have to come back fresh. I think, uh, and I think there's also a lot. A lot of people have moved on. Yeah. Not everybody's available like they were. And we have a lot of new faces that we want to work with. So when we come back, I just think it makes sense to start anew. And I, I think that if no one's really been wrestling or defending our titles, you know, let's let's just, you know, let's stop it. Let's stop it before the number of days gets absurd, yeah. you know. Well, and there's like a weird asterisk then at that point, right? If, if they just, if that title ring lasts that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think... Sure, are there are there certain instances where that would need to happen because, like a Thunder Rosa, for example, is now an AEW. Yeah, sure. Um, but if you're going to do it with one, like you, I, you've already covered this better than I can add on. But let's let's start from scratch, and then it's exciting. Then it's okay, yeah. Well, okay, shit. Yeah. Who's gonna be Who's gonna be the champion when it comes back? So. Yeah, absolutely. I think no one no one is a champ. Like you have that first event, and it's going to be an all title match show that's really exciting i think um what what, what else you got so in your magic bag we talked a little bit about this person by person but we'll go with who and i have a funny answer to this so i'm gonna let you go first who is the biggest heel but your favorite person to work with at the same time oh jojo <laughs> that's a good one that's actually a good one yeah, yeah. Jo- jojo's um um jojo is someone whom I actually really love. I think I just think he's a wonderful person, and he. But he also just uh, man, <laughs> people fucking hate him. You know, he's great. Uh, who are you? Who Who are you going to say? I was going to go Palmer. Palmer, because yeah, Palmer is the biggest heel personally to me. Like up to the show, <laughs> but then at the show, I'm so happy to see him when he's such a fucking baby face. No, pa- yeah, Palmer's a pain in the ass, but he's also one of I would consider him. I don't talk to him as much as I I, sh- I wish I did, but I uh, he's one of my favorite human beings I've ever met, um, and I I I value being able to refer to him as a friend, though I don't get to hang out with him as a friend a lot. I really wish I did. Um, I haven't. I haven't actually haven't heard from Palmer in in, in ages. I hope he's doing okay. Um, but yeah, and I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna jump on to another question. I mean, he's been done. a heel, but no, no. I just mean like him being a pain in the ass. Yeah. In between the show, so he's never really been that pain of, uh, that much of a pain in the ass. He's just he just, just tends he just tends to be indecisive <laughs> about what he wants to do himself, and and uh, you know I think I, he's. So, he's he's awesome. So we always make gold. This one's a little bit further down uh, my list, but since we're talking about him, um, what do you think of Palmer's new gimmick? Love it. Yeah, this is right up your. Alley. I want to do some stuff with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about what we're going to do with it, yeah. but I'm I'm really hoping that we see the Monster Hunter in Inspire. We have a lot of things that we really want. We got some monsters. Right? We got some ideas. Um, yeah. 
I I think uh, I think uh, depression versus Palmer yeah, and a Monster Hunter angle would be really awesome, really fun, right? Yeah, like but, I'm not high on the cinematic stuff. I I actually like what's weird is remember before the pandemic we talked about doing some cinematic stuff. Yeah. But, like, now that it's been played out, hopefully maybe it hasn't been done enough that we can revisit it. Well, it just but hasn't like, been done well. Yeah. It hasn't been done well because the people who film it are... You, they're Our very... Yeah, people. they're trying not to deviate too much from their formula or their presentation. But it's like, you know, the crowdless shows are awful because look at how they're framed. But, they're just, you know, they show you what's not there. And, yeah. and you could... I mean, if they, if they... Hold on. If they filmed a lot of wrestling how they film MMA which isn't really focusing on the crowd unless it's about the spectacle of the event. Wrestling would have a different feel. They should have brought in new people to produce pandemic era wrestling that was crowdless, where you had a real, real fixation on what's going on in the octagon. And a lot of the times when you see crowdless wrestling and why it doesn't work for me is you see it in the context of this empty building and it sucks. And, you know, that's why when you and I, we had a kind of a little beef over the last week when we <laughs> talked about how are we going to do this? And you said, crowdless wrestling sucks, bro. And I said, man, it's all in how you feel film it you know and i i honestly i'm 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 not lying man i think a lot of people just don't know how to shoot crowdless wrestling true they didn't adapt now if if you go back i'm we'll we'll get it we'll get into the weeds here if you go back i only posted two messages you extrapolated a lot out of those you don't have to post eight messages (laughs) that are negative to be negative you posted two negative messages shut up now um that is you know the the thing missing from crowdless wrestling is the crowd interaction. Yeah. And that is my major concern on it and what we do. So that that is one of the things that I definitely want to make sure that we address and all that stuff. Um, but we have other other things that we have to knock out of the way before we get to that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me keep this rolling. I lost it. Okay, here we go. With someone competing with WWE like AEW has done... Does that make it easier for y'all to get talent to the next level uh, position, or is it harder for y'all to try to retain people? So I, I guess what they're asking is, our major job is to try to lift that person to the next level. Now that there's more spots on the next level, does that make our job easier, or is it harder because that talent's leaving faster? Honestly, we haven't lived in that world yet. No. Like, we saw the first of it at this show. I am going to assume that it's going to make our job harder. Um be, you know, because we may not get the time with the talent that we wanted, mm-hmm. but to get to the ultimate goal of, of having more people on TV that have been through our product, I mean, just by the nature of the numbers, it's probably going to be easier. I have I have a strong suspicion that with respect to what's going on in the WWE, um, AEW can only have so many spots. Right. Yeah. And, and they're 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 about to push critical mass. They're going to have to start to expunge people. And I think it's going to help repopulate the indies. And I also think that just based on some of the things that I've heard uh, internally, it seems like WWE is going to be moving away from uh, a focus on the indies. Uh, NXT just went through a rehaul. I think you're going to see a return to uh, the, the, the meteor weightlifting type, uh, ex football player, uh, being featured, which, you know, Vince prefers. Um, and I, I, so I think like the, the, in the indie darlings that were being snatched up by the performance center, I think you're going to see a lot less of that. I, I just, I, I think that you're going to see a boon in the indies in the next, 
uh, in the next year. That's my opinion. Can I fantasy book real quick? Sure. I mean, we, we've got time to fill in, right? If I was if I was big picture in that room, and this will never happen because the ego is involved. Yeah. So Vince, Kevin Dunn, and Bruce Pritchard have all basically gone down to NXT and taken over the NXT product, right? Now, imagine if... Gave, like, gave Triple H a fucking heart attack. They did. They <laughs> broke the man's heart. Yeah. Imagine if Triple H walked out on Raw with Shawn Michaels and fucking Road Dog like... A week, a week from now and went, fuck you guys, we're taking Raw over and like brought all the people they don't want on NXT anyway yeah. up. And then Vince had to like send his football players from NXT to take Raw back over. How much more entertaining would that be than whatever the fuck they have going on now? I don't think that show's been entertaining in years at this point. I can't, you know, honestly, WWE is, I'm going to say this, this is this is kind of an aside. Uh, I don't, a lot of people are like, oh, AEW's going to put WWE out of business, brother. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, I think... I think that when you look at WWE, it's an institution in the same way that Thanksgiving is an institution. Like people will go to Thanksgiving no matter what, even if they hate their other family members <laughs> and the food is total shit. Like, yeah. you know, they, they can hate turkey, but they're still going to sit across from this person that they fucking hate and stuff turkey into their maw. Yeah. That's the way it goes. It's just something that's indentured and graved into people's fucking brains. Like it's like, you know what WWE fans are like? They're like the fucking zombies in Dawn of the the dead just wandering brainlessly toward the fucking mall and, it's, and, it's what they do yeah. and there's still these fucking like 65 year olds that just they go home on monday and that's what they turn on and i don't even know if they watch it or they fucking do their dishes or what yeah it's like checking the mail man people people are just gonna do it it doesn't matter so i mean i don't i don't know i don't know exactly what's gonna happen but i mean what would you say? Do you think that my assessment of the Indies about to hit a boon period where we don't see a lot of the, the guys being scooped up? Yeah, um, oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think the style of guy that you see in NXT is the guy that – those are the guys and girls that AEW is shooting for. Yeah, and they don't have a warehouse. They can hold 300 of them. No. You know? um, so the top of the top is going to go there. Um, I think Ring of Honor has a chance to start picking people up again because they do have a budget. They do have a budget, but they also – I don't know. And all those luchadors are about to head back to Mexico, right? Um, yeah, so I think there's definitely... I think it's going to change a little bit. I think companies like MLW and um, NWA are going to be important as far as like getting people exposure but not making them exclusive. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think one of the things that in order for this to be healthy, like... Uh, you're suggesting is I think like a lot of those companies are going to need better TV deals and I don't I don't see that happening well yeah Ring of Honor is just going to make fucking uh, an hour long program for the stadium network or whatever Sinclair sells it to right yeah whatever you know Um, yeah that's that's where I stand on on that bullshit so um, I got about two more here so the last question on this list is uh, thoughts on Keith Lee and what's going on with him right now to be completely honest, I don't keep up with a lot of what's going on with Keith. Yeah, um, me neither. Keith was not super kind to us as far as when he left. I'm proud. I'm proud of the stuff that we did with him, and I, I wish him the best. But I, you know, I think he cares about us as much as we care about him. Yeah. So and, I mean, well, you're gonna have to hit us up and tell us what the fuck he's doing. I don't really and, care. I'm not gonna watch the product of, anyway. Well, he's he's been right. He's been kind of benched on and has not been used relatively well on the main TV. I think they debuted him with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that company's told you who they are, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, um, 
I mean, but he's still cashing those checks, and he hasn't asked for his release, so he must be happy. He's right? got to be living his best life. That's what you that know? tells me, right? I mean, <laughs> so this one comes from uh, uh, this comes from one JT Lamada. I'm going to clean up some of the languages. <laughs> Don't clean it up <laughs> unless it's like not woke. So, <laughs> I'm just going to keep him. I'm not sure if he wanted his name. Hi, up. JT. I miss you. <laughs> but he basically, he asked us to talk about um, time limits, show length, and card placement, how they are all related together. Um, um, I want to make sure I take care of him here. It, this is something... Um, that I thought got cleaned up quite a bit at Inspire. He basically points out that he thought that we did a, a very good job of it. Um, and then he also says, or maybe the shows were just better. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. Um, I, I think people have been at shows that are runaway fucking freight trains and last seven hours or eight hours. Yeah. And just wrestling should never become a chore. You should never be sitting in... I, I knew it when I was a fan of indie shows, when I started being like, hmm, I wonder what the next match is. You never want the crowd to be like, hmm. Yeah. Fuck, I wonder what's next. Well, I, I also think that not every contest needs to be an epic. Uh, our buddy Sean Carpetbagger over at the I Like to Hurt People page, which is hands down the best, uh, the best, like wrestling fan group i've ever experienced uh the discourse is brilliant clint is hilarious uh i honestly i wish someone would i wish those guys would just start a website with just a fucking yeah page like a, a fucking group that was uncensored and the uh the promos on the wrestlers from the fans there is above and beyond better oh than man like the discussions <laughs> are the discussions are hilarious man yeah. um some editorials from those guys would be awesome. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. So, but so anyway, um, Sean would always say, "Not every match needs to be a fucking twelve-minute opus," and he's correct. So a lot of times, people will look at our cards and go, <clears throat> "Oh man, there's you know, ten matches here," but the thing is, is that they're not all going to be twenty fucking minutes. You know, yeah. um, I, I I think that sometimes a contest can just go a certain way in terms of how you're telling the story, and it's fine. You know, sometimes you have like a a four minute match and then you have a 15 minute match, you know, like really diversifying the uh, amount of time that goes in each match is, is really clutch. The, the thing that I'll tag on the little like idiosyncrasies that kind of go into it. Um, if we have someone that's driven from St. Louis to come down and wrestle, I may give them 12 versus 10. Right. Um, outside of that though. Yeah. The idea is, What's the amount of time that this match needs to not overstay its welcome, but enough time for it to get its story across? Yeah. Right? Like, that's, <clears throat> that's the magic formula. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, not every match has to be a novel. Yeah. You know? I mean, in terms of just the journey, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the fucking Bible. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the thing that really drove that home for me, right, is going back and looking at, at pay-per-views that I looked at in reverence and the match times. Yeah. And going, holy fuck, that match, I remember that match being good, and it was six minutes, you know? Yeah. You, are you talking about Halloween Havoc 96? No, no, I'm talking oh. about WrestleMania 8. Okay. The best. Whatever, dude. You know that Halloween Havoc kicked ass. If you add it, like, you have to you have to add in the dark matches, or the matches that weren't part of the quote-unquote pay-per-view. Yeah. Once you add those in, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But the, like, once the pay-per-view starts, 
it it's more of like the weird gimmicky stuff. But like the Blue Bloods and Crispin One, all that shit are on the fucking under the the like lead-in show. Which is weird because you know I don't know if you remember this, but there was a period where WCW wasn't even on pay per view. The the they would have like a pre-show that was on TBS. Yeah. But like Night of Champions or Clash of the Champions rather yeah. was actually it became like just a. Uh, a Sunday night TBS special. TBS right? special, yeah. So there were there were times where like there were I I even remember there being a period where the stuff was on pay per view, but it didn't like you didn't have to buy it. It was just yeah. on. So I thought you know I I thought that was uh, it gave me an opportunity to see a lot of things, but I, I was fully prescient of the dark matches just because they were on TBS and I'd watch it leading up to it. And of course those guys were the guys that I really did care about because I saw them weekly and, you know, love the blue bloods. I love, I loved like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the fit Finley, William Regal or, you know, like a TV title feud. I thought that was like that dude, that stretch of matches. Good God, man. I, I used to really be into, um, rankings even when like they didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Like I would have my own set of like, Okay, the, okay, fucking Prince I, Iakea fucking beat Chris Jericho. <laughs> like, so he should be higher up for this TV title. And then, like, when it would go to some random fucking guy, like when Scott Hall would randomly get a TV title shot, I'm like, he's a fucking U.S. title guy. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. So it's like a kid. Like, that used to always bother me. Yeah. I think AEW has done a really good job of that, by yeah. the way, of, of making wins and losses matter. And we do try to do that, too. Um we do try to pay attention to how, like, you elevate or drop people, you know, the roller coaster of that. Yeah. Um, any more questions? Uh, the, the very last one is they asked about up-and-coming people in the state. Um, a lot of that's going to be proprietary information as far as, like, who we're going to be using. So I'm not going to get into No, it not at all. But obviously fucking, um, you know, Johnny Bedlam and Chocolate Poppy are two people we were impressed with. Uh, ASF, I think it's pretty, <laughs> my love affair with AF, S, ASF has mm-hmm. been pretty fucking like apparent. Yeah. Like we really want to do something with him. Pistolero. Oh, Pistolero is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's a, a kid named Nathan Bradley out of Houston, as well as Chris Carter, who are both phenomenal. There's actors. a lot of really good shit that's like, about to hit, uh, hit, hit your eyeballs once we get this, when we, once we get our, our get our train rolling again and, anyway and i basically just gave you like the top two out of my little buckets of people yeah paying attention man to there's, there's a lot i mean you're gonna see some some of your favorites mixed in too i mean it, we're not just we're not just like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. that's one thing i do want to yeah. emphasize is that someone asked that question about all the titles being rebooted you're still going to see the same people that you really loved that made inspire what it was there's just going to be uh it's going to be like a when worlds collide yeah. kind of thing uh, I'm going to name one other name because it's somebody that we both uh, were very high on before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a chance to fit in. And like now we both clearly are per- fairly high on. But Killer Kate. Oh, somebody yeah. That's, that's amazing. I love we, Kate. We see what she's doing. We really want to be involved with it. She finally accepted my friend request. Um, so that, now we can do something together. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so we're going to go into uh, from here uh, the remainder of License to Death Wish 3, which is our second to last event uh, that we've run um, uh, since the pandemic hit and we went dormant. Um, and we come back from intermission at this point. Uh, Ricky has defended successfully Inspire Pro Pure Prestige title. He had a little skirmish with Steve Arino. Steve-O sets up some uh, some some guff with the Super Acad- Academia 2.0 kids uh, as this 
jerk off gatekeeper type character. Um, and then we go into intermission, of course, and we come back with Cam Cole versus T Ray with Dan the Man as the special referee. And this has been a really fun, uh, a, re- a really fun ride um, because you know Dan the Man has exclusively been with Ashton and T Ray for the majority of his career as a manager, and uh, the cool have really been doing some interesting things where you know i think it you know as they're feuding with t-ray and ashton at one point uh after the cool wins they pick up dan in celebration and run him around the ring on their shoulders and dan is just like wait what the hell is going on and and the story up to this point is very much that they're claiming dan as one of their own (laughs) and dan is very reluctant dan is very much like guys i don't know what this is about but that those are my dudes those are the guys i'm managing He's been adopted by the cool. Yeah, and but but of course this has also uh, created uh, distrust uh, amongst his own ranks, the people he officially claims to be with, and so this is uh, an interesting match. We're kind of building history between the cool and uh, T Ray and Ashton uh, up to this point, and so. Dan being in the middle it's kind of unique I mean his team has I think at this point kind of forsook him and this is like his opportunity to kind of maybe prove that he is down the middle and he's cool and he's you know got them in his back pocket but what happens here is is that you know toward the end of this match Dan just totally fucks T-Ray over and and of course reveals that he has been with the cool all along and that this has just been a long con and I, man the crowd the crowd ate this up this is it's it, to, to me, there was an aspect of like, like when a squirrel runs across the street and it almost gets to the other side and it turns back around because it knows that's where like safety is. Mm-hmm. Like this is the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Dan's like everything's going to shit. I'm going with fucking these guys. Like, yeah. Like um, well, but it's also implied kind yeah. of in it that he has been all yeah. along stringing T Ray and Ashton along. And just fucking them over here. Yeah, um. <laughs> this is a great match. Yeah, and uh, but 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 Dan's place in it was really special and hilarious. And this, it's it's such like old school like eighties WWF type, right? The the manager like forsaking the team has basically turned them into babies at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Writing is on the wall because a lot of people are really responding to to T-Ray and Ashton and specifically T-Ray, who's becoming a fan favorite. I mean, he goes out there and knocks his brains out every show. He's proven to be a really a a really good, good wrestler. And I think that people just respond to guys like that. You know, uh, T-Ray is really impressive. He's a machine. You know, we've seen him thump underdogs, but also take losses. And I think people at this point are really uh, ready to see him win. Uh, So. This, I think, pisses people off in a good way, you know. Um, but, yeah, this is this is a fun storyline. And, of course, now we have Dan with the cool. And uh, <laughs> this is really everything's lined up here. For, yeah. Like, the cool just to run 2020. Yeah. Um, um, so. Yeah. We, we had we had some big plans for these yeah. guys. But, of course, you know, I, I, and I'm you know, I, I know that the status of the cool as a team at this moment isn't probably not the way it's probably changed up a bit just in real life but i'm gonna try and really wrangle these these cats together (laughs) and see what we can do um because there's there's still some unfinished business guys um uh and from here we go into a four-way match 
with Dmitry Alexandrov, whom is someone that I really hope we see back again. I want to do some different stuff with, with Dmitry. We had huge plans yeah. for him that, have, again, we had to kind of like ash can some stuff, but I'd like to try and do something a little different with him. He, he was just in the TPI. Yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. The yeah. last ever TPI. Ian Rotten will never run another TPI. This is the last one. Oh, no. I get, you know, put your money down on it. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we have um, we have this, this four-way match where we have uh, Dimitri, Nate Webb, whom you were very excited to have, and who he's a great guy. Nate was awesome. And, like, Nate, Nate's just a, he's that indie guy I remember from watching on DVDs and shit mm-hmm. from, you know, being a freshman in, in college and, you know, around that time. Um, <laughs> clips off of fucking online and stuff. Um, so like when he came back and started wrestling again, it became one of those like bucket list things. Yeah. Like this was, um, this was again, somebody I saw WrestleMania weekend where I was like, holy shit, he's wrestling again. Um, so it really became one of those bucket list things to bring him in. Dimitri, uh, leans hardcore. And so him and Nate being in the same ring really had 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 something to it uh also in this match we have steve arino the pinfall wizard newly turned heel steve-o and we have uh zach taylor who is affiliated with the super academia guys and this becomes kind of an interesting wrinkle because we just had steve-o uh you know take the take the younger super academia uh class to task after their uh their title match with with ricky yeah, and this really allows them two to pair off and Dimitri and Nate to pair off. Yeah. Um, this is also the match where Nate dives off of the... Uh, the wall? The, the, like, the office, office wall? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that was a little scary. Um, yeah, D- Dimitri and Nate terrified me a few po- at, at a few points by just literally flinging themselves into walls yeah. that I did not think had any integrity. <laughs> so yeah, I think I remember like being like, Oh my God. Oh my God. But then I would like look over and see the bartender going, this is fucking great. Yeah. So I was less, I was less worried about it. But um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was a little worried about uh, certain parts of the venue getting smashed, but uh, considering that there had been some, other shit that happened in the venue that was a little more lawless and disgusting uh, that other promotions had perpetuated. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't super worried. Um, so, so Nate Webb pulled the Joey Janela on me too. Where, <laughs> like after the show, he's like, man, I want to hang out more. I'm going to get my flight moved back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he um, he gets his flight moved back. I take him around Austin the next the next day. And his flight gets delayed again. Oh man! So it's like, oh fuck! Like I only have one day off of work, bro. Like, yeah. So we go to the Lucky Penny Bar in Gerald and just hang out at a, fu- a dive bar, and he's like, you know, pig and shit happy, right? Yeah. Um, and it like it gets delayed again, and then he gets a message like, "Your gate is loading in like thirty minutes." Oh, then, I remember this. Then there's like a weird delay, and he's like, I don't know, should we just stay here and drink? I'm like, dude, let's just get you to the airport. If you're there and it's delayed, at least you're there versus missing the flight, right? So, yeah. Just craziness, but really got a chance to bond with Nate. And Nate was. He was a lot of fun. Cool dude. I, I, I think there were some people who were not familiar with Nate, uh, yeah. and I think he really, like, he really 
man, he latched into them and people really responded big to him. I, what I, re- I really think happened a lot was I think there was quite a bit of our crowd that didn't know who he was. Yeah. Right. But it was that cool thing, right? Where <clears throat> someone's like, hey, man, this band's really cool. Um, Check them out. I've seen them before, right? And you go and like, eh, we'll see. And then like, oh, fuck. This right? is great. Yeah. So, so by the next time we had him, everyone was like, oh, fuck, Nate's back. Which yeah, cool. absolutely. Um, you're going to have to uh, refresh my memory on how uh, the, I know that Dimitri went up. But was there anything else? Any other business? Uh, there was no other business really besides the uh, the Steve and, and Zach interactions. Okay. Um, you, you had uh, Dimitri went up on Nate. Yeah, Nate went ahead and, and did the favors for Dimitri. Um, uh, outside of that, we're really pushing uh, Dimitri as far as what we're going to do with him in 2020. Yeah, so that's kind of where this went. We comes were really moving toward a lawless darkness run with Dimitri. Yeah, and I think he's still going to be in that picture when we come back. I don't know if anybody uh, heard. I know we announced it, but we are giving. A title treatment to the Lawless Darkness. It will be a new title added to our battery of other titles. So it's, in a sense, kind of like a hardcore belt, <laughs> I guess. The, the, the belt is um, here. It is in my shiffer robe. It exists. It's my sh- my shiffer robe. It is. Um, yeah. I just I couldn't remember if anybody came out to mess with Steve-O. For some reason, I thought somebody else came out. But I could be wrong. I'm old and senile. Um, anyway... After this particular match, we have another future kill qualifier, which was kind of at the time a dream match where I wanted to see these guys tear it up. Yeah. And I think they had already. I think they I think heavy metal beat us to this. Uh, but we had Will Alday uh, going up against Chandler Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, the they, cowboy. The uh, They did a little bit more storytelling. Yeah. Than what we were expecting. Right. We were expecting kind of just spot, spot, spot. I think, yeah, it, it was a good match. Technically sound match. It was not as high-flying as I had anticipated. I was expecting something a little more high-energy. But uh, Will had kind of, afterward, he said, like, if we do everything at this point and we want to revisit it, and we were actually planning on doing more with these two, he said, "Let's, we, you don't want to give everything away right out of the gate, man. I don't you think know? I ever told you this, but I always kind of viewed this as, like, Lynn RVD a little bit. Yeah. In a weird way, right? Yeah. We're like, okay, can we spark a cool feud like this that we can fucking just always have a badass match to go yeah. to? Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I would love to be able to do that the nature of how we're set up with six shows a year, we, we really can't because we have to do other things. I really loved an ECW when a hot feud would go on and it would be like a summer series where like you would have fucking Tajiri and Super Crazy wrestling yeah. each other like... 15 times throughout the fucking summer or or like the been or the the like the like the uh, Benoit Booker best of 7 yeah, you know so yeah um so that's that's always something in the back of my mind yeah if only we had you know more time and space and uh the world were different yeah god damn it that would be great but these two these two could carry something like that and i hope that we get to come back to them uh when we when we return running shows um, but yeah, this was supposed to be kind of like the acorn that would sprout a mighty oak, <laughs> yeah. a mighty like 450 splash oak. Um, <coughs> anyway, dueling 450, <clears throat> dueling, dueling 450 splash. Um, and after this, uh, anyway, no, uh, yeah, after, after that, after that match, we uh, come to a tag team match with Shag Nasty. I guess they called themselves, which 
whatever. Um, I like that name. Uh, with Andy Dalton and Ryan Davidson as that, we have that trifecta with yeah. with uh, with Moonshine. Andy and Ryan, where they're supposed to be kind of free birdish and they're trading off, you know? And, and good point on this, right? This is a show where Moonshine wasn't able to, to be there. Yeah. Due to other commitments, right? Absolutely. And they are going up against Team Super Academia with Ethan Price and Cody Lane. Yeah. And uh, I think this is... Uh, this is sort of... They, they've come out and they've attacked <clears throat> uh, Team Super Academia at the other show. So even though there's issues between Ethan and Cody here... They're kind of teaming together to, to put away this, this outside. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, this was where I started to really have, in the, la in the last, like, several events, I had Cody and, and uh, Ethan really start to question what, what I was doing. And the thing that frustrated me about this was that they were doing that thing that certain other people did in the company where they would, they would change what they wanted out of yeah. us. They, you know, and of course the thing that I was building to here was supposed to be uh, a three-way for the undefinable title. I think at this point we were working toward take, uh, like there was going to be a lawless darkness tournament <clears throat> that um, Cody participated in. And he was eventually going to lose his lawless darkness ability, which mean he would have to abide by the rules here. He is still the lawless darkness. And so he can kind of bend the rules. And of course, this doesn't sit well with Ethan. It's been his problem since day one. He doesn't want to see his brother uh, taking liberties. And of course, these three, Zach, Cody, Ethan, they're supposed to be brothers. And here's the thing. If you grew up with brothers, you know that brothers don't always get along. Sometimes you fight. You beat the shit out of each other. But at the end of the day, you still go to your rooms. You wake up in the morning. You're still brothers. You know, there's nothing that can erode that bond. And this is something that they didn't really understand. And it, it, it frustrated me a great deal. We are kind of moving toward Zach versus Cody versus Ethan in this three way for the undefinable. And uh, it's a match that we've been planning for over a year, I think, at this point, it was the long, it was the long game, yeah. you know, and at some point, I think, like, Cody decides, yeah, I just want to do this with Zach, and and they were kind of, yeah, I, I don't really understand what was going on, but I was like, no, man, this is what we're fucking doing, and this is the way it's booked, and I'm not going to just ash can all this booking so that you can go do this or that, it's like, that, Cody became very difficult. Yeah, it's a weird thing, too, about, like, having those six shows, Yeah, is that weird shit that we're not involved with happens in between those months. Yeah. Like we see them and then we don't see them again for two months. Right. Yeah. So like we, and we, we talk to it. <clears throat> it's not like we're completely oblivious to them, but yeah. we're not seeing them face to face. We're not no. seeing them, at, excuse me, at the show or at other shows. I'm sorry, at the school or at other shows or, or any of that stuff. So like weird shit pops up and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they try to like drop it in almost like, Oh, what if we just did this? It's like, no, two months ago, we all agreed to this. Yeah. That's very it's, frustrating. It's, it's very frustrating. And it, you know, especially when you've been for the better part of a year, it's not even two months. It's like, we've been planning to do this since like a year ago. And this is where we're moving. And also if you cut this guy out, well then what does he go do? That's the thing is like in my head when I'm booking, they don't think I've got, I've got, I, I basically see everything that we have, uh, you know, 
you look at the grand scheme of things, you look at the whole universe and what this guy's doing this month is going to affect what he does with this other guy next month. And a lot of the time when I felt like they were coming to me and, and changing their minds about stuff, they weren't thinking about how it impacted other programs that this was, that these parts were supposed to drift well, into. It became yeah, very, they, very difficult to just like, they go. don't, right? They, they weren't looking at the big picture, you know, there's a lot of, of thought process and effort that goes into the character of whatever the wrestler is. Right. Yeah. And the, that's the the focus, right? This is where, like, I, I would love if every wrestler ran one show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, just to, like, kind of go, like, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. Like, all this stuff's interconnected. Um, I don't think a lot of wrestlers would give a shit, honestly. Uh, the, the ones <laughs> worth their salt do. Oh, yeah. Like, like you, you see it. You see it when these guys get a chance to do that, and then they, they come back and go, oh, sh- I didn't realize how much went into this. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, I mean, overall, like everything to me is building blocks. And if you, you know, pull this piece out of the fucking Jenga tower, it's all going to collapse, man. So people don't really look up above them and figure out like, well, you know, we're doing this now so that we can build up to this. And then you can go over here and you can do this. And this person is waiting for this opportunity to be uh, in a ring with you. People don't look at it that way. Anyway, um... Yeah, this 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 is an interesting match. Of course, uh, uh, Cody and Ethan uh, erode. They still have tension from the last show where Zach had to break them up because Ethan had challenged for the undefinable. Cody took liberties. Ethan feels like at this point, hey, we're brothers. You don't you don't do me dirty, you know. So he's angry about this. But that's 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 where this is going, and of course, their tension leads to uh, a weakening in the bond, and of course, Shag Nasty yeah. goes over. Yeah, we still have. It's sort of the uh, the scorpion and the frog a little bit here, though. Even though that they've put their differences aside, there's still cracks in the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and Shag Nasty go. This is a. Uh, I think this is the point where we're looking at possibly Shag Nasty versus Rachel and Thunder at some point. Yeah, that was yeah, that was, was the plan. I really wanted to put the tag titles on them, and it, it made sense. But it, this was a point where I was just like, God, what the fuck are we going to do? Because Thunder, at this point, is starting to move toward uh, NWA exclu- exclusivity. Um, and even if she did, you know, I'm going to talk about this. Um, this is one thing that uh, we haven't really touched on. When everybody was starting to go off toward uh, doing work with the NWA, I thought the NWA did something that, to me, felt a little corny. So they were going to start controlling certain people's bookings. And from there, they were going to escalate everybody's rates. And basically, you know, with our budgets being restricted, you know, by obvious, you know, components, certain people would have become unavailable to us just by virtue of the fact that we couldn't really afford them. And I'm going to come out and say this outright. In my opinion, like... While I value Thunder and I think the world of her and I think she deserves whatever, same with Ricky, I don't really think that the NWA power brand had much value to us. I don't think it would have brought in new fans. It didn't justify the premium that they were trying to reestablish. And that's me being more business oriented. It's not meant as a slight. I didn't think that the eyes that were on Thunder would have necessarily translated to uh, bolstering the people that she would bring in. I think the people that were going to watch NWA power already knew who Rosa was and were already coming to our shows. Yeah. 
Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, we weren't going to double the amount of people coming in to see Thunder Rosa. Not at all. Because of, of Power. Or, yeah. Or Ricky Starks, for that matter. Yeah. As a matter of fact, more eyes probably went to Power because they knew who Ricky Starks was from us. Yeah. Than the other way around. Yeah, people were excited to see their home, their hometown hero yeah. go somewhere else and do something on a on a on a somewhat bigger scale, I guess. And I will say that as I, because I ended up having to deal with the uh, the office for for a few other things that I mean, maybe we can get into those later on. Go for it now. Um, well, the 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 South by Southwest show and the uh, the WrestleMania weekend show. I had. To oh deal my with, uh, God! We have to talk about that. We're gonna talk. I think we're gonna talk about yeah, that. that maybe another episode. Yeah. Ne- yeah. Well, on the next on next week's episode. <laughs> no, yeah. man. That's really honestly when a lot of the pandemic yeah. stuff came to a head was yep. we knew the writing was on the wall. But uh, yeah, let's not let's not let's save yeah. that for another but, day. But what I can honestly say is, Maureen, who is no longer with that company, was was awesome as far as just being like, "Hey, like, can you work with me here?" Yeah. And then there were other people that were just boulders and wouldn't move on stuff, and basically, you know, I I don't want to. I don't know the complete inner workings, but it sure did seem like her back was up against the wall because other people that you didn't talk to and had no idea who these people were, weren't uh, giving her any room to do her job. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this brings us to the conclusion of the show. This is another thing where I felt like I was kind of second guessed and questioned. Um, and not some, uh, this was a, something that I kind of threw at the wall. I said, Hey, I think we should do this. And yeah. some people were like, yeah, okay. But a lot of people, it, it was more about card placement. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people thought that Ricky should have, uh, main evented the show against a, a fly in, uh, a guest that, you know, whatever. Yeah. I personally thought that. Was that a TJ thing? No, no. Uh, well, I think TJ was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Eamon, Eamon, our uh, commentator, whom we consider part of our inner circle. He's like, for all intents and purposes, someone we consider to be one of the owners. Yeah. Um, Sweat equity, for sure. Yeah, for, for absolutely, man. That guy works his ass off for us. Uh, he didn't think that the Ricky match was necessarily a good idea. I think that a lot of people at that point were kind of like, eh, there's no real star power to this show. But the thing is, is that we had worked so hard to create characters, moments, history yeah. that our fans do come back for that make, make them excited and make them invested in, in what we were doing here. And so <clears throat> I, I pitched this uh, match and I said that I thought that it should headline. And a lot of this was me reading the crowd and how they were responding to uh, the guys who were involved. Um, we had, of course, Jay Sirius, the Inspire Pro title holder at that point, reviled by most of the crowd for his multiple, his multiple uh, infractions. And then, of course, we had uh, Luigi Primo, who had previously won an opportunity for the title. And uh, I don't know if people thought that this was coming. I don't think that they did. Yeah. I think that this was just... <clears throat> I don't even know if people thought that this was the main event. <laughs> um, but Luigi uh, really broke in uh, Party World Wrestling, which is a very different different beast from what we do. But we enjoy a healthy... Or enjoyed a healthy relationship with them at that point. Dan Ziegler, Dan the Man, of course, was one of the people from that company to cross over. You saw, you saw some of the guys over there starting to uh, wet their toes in more traditional uh, 
professional wrestling where you were really required to train. Yeah. Um, and, and Jojo was basically the head trainer. Yeah, Jojo Jojo was the head trainer over there, and he was really uh, helping to elevate that product, which was more fantastical. Um, I think I think they have some really fun, good ideas over there. Uh, but we are very different. We are very different companies. Um, but you also started to see Luigi go down to other companies down south. I mean, he had done some stuff with uh, heavy metal wrestling. And uh, he was there's no one who can who can deny that he was not phenomenally over at this point. And I think in the past we've talked about how a lot of times wrestling companies management, like whoever, booking, they don't know how to read the fucking room because they're not in the room. And we talked about how Biss is often in the back, the back doing agenting, working with people, going over matches, and I'm out front, and I'm basically just watching the product, but I'm also really studying the crowd. Yeah. And and for the record, I'm, I'm out in front of the crowd probably more than most other bookers are. Yeah. You know, across the state, across the country. Um, if I'm at another show, I'd really prefer to look, watch the crowd react to people yeah same yeah back. same here um i i really i really do i mean like i i watch i watch the product i mean i i hate it when people say things like oh you're a mark for the business it's like well if you're not a fucking mark for the business you shouldn't be in the business you know i think a, a lot of the time you and i both book uh, from the heart as fans we see things that we like as fans we can we're still in touch with that inner fan i think you have a lot of people like you know rudy boy gonzalez is a guy who i don't think really likes professional wrestling but i don't I, I think there's a difference too between um quote unquote booking as a fan and then booking in spite of the fans which is what seems to be a lot of the the older school oh man i was trying to do like yeah we're gonna tell you what to like and you're gonna fucking like it yeah, because this is, is the way it should be not even yeah. how it worked in the fucking old school no um promoters sat in the fucking that's where like i'm the biggest history nut around you know for fucking the business of professional wrestling old school promoters sat in the top of their fucking the rafters so yeah watch the crowd and see how they reacted to certain wrestlers certain ways so that they knew what changes to be made like that's on record that's in books like that's <laughs> they didn't sit in the back and go oh they're, we're sending this out and they're gonna fucking like it and if they don't we're gonna do it for the next <laughs> yeah fucking six months no if it sucked after two weeks they fucking pulled the plug like yeah, because they had to. They couldn't afford. They couldn't afford to go into week three and lose business because they were making their money week after week. Yeah. So I mean, this to me was really a moment where I saw an opportunity to do something that was really dynamic and, in my opinion, unexpected. Because a lot of people look at a gimmick like um, Luigi Primo, who is a wrestling pizza chef, and they don't. I think we can. We can. We've already said. Luigi, like Jojo was training all the guys over there and he was Luigi's teacher. Yeah. Like this is behind the scenes, you know? And I think it was really evident to anybody that was watching uh, Luigi. He was busting his ass and he was working hard and he was putting in the time and he was really becoming better and better and better as you saw him going along. And I think, and and the idea of also, you had Jay Sirius, who was his teacher, in the ring with a student. You knew that he could guide this into something that could be epic. You you want to really talk about somebody that the fucking pandemic hit hard. Look at Luigi Primo. That guy was on the cusp of being, like, the biggest star of that WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. 
and like meme wrestling being like at its fucking peak to now we're going it's swinging back now yeah you're seeing the daniel garcia's the davy richards and that take over the top of the card again and he never got his bite of the apple yeah you know um but in this moment you see you so you 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 could yeah you could you could see what what could have been uh this was also i think i feel in a larger way really i don't want to say validating but it was a special moment yeah. for a lot of the party world people who were actually in attendance. They yeah. were there because they knew they wanted to see their guy go up in, in, in this way. And, and I, I saw it as us dofting our cap to them and yeah. being like, hey, you know, respect. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it was their moment, too. You can see on the Absolutely. Face. I remember the, um, and I can't think of them, but the tag team, I can't think of their, their gimmick names and I don't want to dox them. Um, but the, the, um, the homosexual agenda tag team. Yeah. Both of them were just had smiles plastered on their Dude, face. yeah, they I mean their, their partner when their person had, So had it, won. I think it was unexpected. Uh I don't I, I still think that maybe the crowd didn't know that this was a main event, <laughs> but it was a main event. And uh when Luigi gets that pin, yeah. the fucking building erupted. People went crazy no one was sitting down people were ecstatic and of course we had arranged uh through eric wood our cameraman who's also the uh, one of the managers at a uh, home slice uh we had uh pizzas ferried to the building and so there was this big pizza celebration where pizzas were run out and people were eating pizza and everybody was just celebrating and it, i think uh in uh the top five moments in our company's history this has to be one of the biggest feel-good moments that's ever occurred yeah absolutely you know? like like think about it too like we're both ECW guys, right? Yeah. Like Mikey Woodbreck, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a guy that's the greatest wrestler in the fucking world to hold the strap every time. Like Luigi was fucking hot. The act was fucking hot. He busted his ass and he was over. The timing was right. And we hit the timing. Yeah. And we had, we made a special fucking moment out of it. Yeah. And like, that's what wrestling is like. Like, it's not forced fucking moments. It's not going out every fucking show and going, okay, we have to have five of these like particular moments. It's and not, it's not a math away. problem. We let it <laughs> organically grow and like you hit it, you hit it out of the park. Yeah. Sometimes the best stuff is the unconventional stuff that, you know, that's the one thing that I've always really hated about this business and, and have worked actively to defy as people telling you that's not how you do things. But I mean, I think I think things need to grow and uh, emulate and 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 go in different directions. It's kind of it's it's the it's the it's the whole uh, impetus of our company, which is bringing in people who are not conventionally wrestling people. I'm not a wrestling person, but I think I've helped create some moments that made people who grew up watching wrestling and loving wrestling really fall in love with it again. Well, Tony Khan's not a wrestling person, and look at what they're doing. But he's a fan of it. And that's, you know, that's the biggest I mean, voice in that room. He loves it. That's the thing. I yeah. think. I think. I don't think that you can make good wrestling moments if you don't love wrestling. Yeah. Now he's he's been able to use his budget to put himself in that position. Yeah. But like, if you don't think he's the one where the buck stops, you know, that dude. That dude's put how much money on the line? Yeah. He. That's where the buck stops in that company. Yeah. Like, and look at what that company's doing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. If you want to spout off some bullshit about Tony Khan being a money mark. Like you don't understand how much work that dude puts in. Yeah. Like, that dude legit just has loved wrestling for how fucking long. Right. 
Yeah. It, that's all it takes. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, God bless him for existing. He's like a, he's kind of like a perfect character. He is, he is Santa Claus. He loves Christmas. God you know? bless Cody Rhodes for finding Tony Khan. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think honestly, I, I don't even know if those guys knew where this was going or how this was headed. I think we were talking about this, but I, sometimes I wonder if those guys go, holy shit, look where we are, you know. I even, I look at it and I look at some of the guys that we used to rub elbows with or work with and, and I'm blown away by it. But, um, man, that's a wrap for this episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with potentially the last episode. Yeah, we may record like five more next time. Yeah. Who knows? Hard, hard to say, but, but, you know, we still have things to discuss. We still don't know where we're going. If you guys have ideas with where we should be taking this, if you want to hear us keep talking at you, Shoot us some ideas, man. Let us know. We like talking about the grapples. We do. We do. Anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging with us until this uh, this final stretch. We'll see you next week. Bye.